All right, here we are. Here we are. Welcome, Welcome back. Welcome Look at back. Us. Welcome back. We are hey, we are both recording from our offices this time. Which is a I, rare occasion. It is a very rare occasion. And, and we're recording nothing. in the afternoon. So if you pay attention, if you're a, a fan of the show and like uh lore, this this will be one of those episodes where is the energy different because it we're is. recording in the afternoon from our offices as opposed to uh in the morning from our homes. I am notoriously a morning person. I am mm. like somebody who shot out of a cannon in the morning. Oof. By the time most people wake up, I've already worked out. I've already eaten breakfast. I am like, solved the world problems. This is nap time. It's getting close to nap time for yep. me. So, yep, I hear it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, don't nap during the show. Wait till after the show. Yes, absolutely. So this is a special special. It's a holiday episode. The <laughs> holiday episode. A special holiday episode. Of science in between, uh, you know. Here's an aside. Okay, can I do? Can I do an aside? Uh, so no. I, okay. So, uh, <laughs> um, I've been listening to the new um, um, podcast from uh, the New York Times. It used to be the Argument. Um, it's now called um, what is it? Uh, anyway, I it's I it's. Well, it's, they're called moo because it's a, a word that begins with an M, a word that begins with an O, and begins with U. Got right? it. Okay. And so they're calling themselves the Mooers, right? Moo, and, moo, and, mooers. Yes. And um, so I thought, we're the SIB, science in between. So I think our listeners are like siblings. Oh, look at that. I thought, it, yeah. That's adorable. Siblings. Yeah. Which is better than Mooers, right? It is, by it's, a it, mile. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Swifties. No, not Swifties. Siblings. I know. I heard I I'm just saying, I was thinking of other fan named, you know, Swifties is a thing. It it is in fact I'm just pointing that out. Matter of opinion. That was the name of it. Matter of opinion. M O no M O O. That's right. M O. Moo. M O O Moo. Oh yeah, Moo. Moo. All right. All right. Matter of opinion. Not so, so siblings out there. So this is a holiday episode. We're doing holiday. all joys today because it's the end of year three. Right? It's festivus. Yeah, this is uh, officially the end of our third year of recording. It is. Yeah. For yeah. three entire years, we have not missed a single week. We have we have released un, untitled episodes on occasion. We have. We've missed a day of drop. Like sometimes it doesn't happen yeah. at Wednesdays. Uh, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so if you, you've been out there and you've been listening, the, the last couple of weeks have been bumpy because Scott and I have been so busy, but um, today it's all joys. Yep. It's all joys. All right. So um, we have a list. We're just going to go down through the list and just talk about things that we're, we're joyful for. Uh, first up is podcast. Yeah. And these, just to be clear, they can be things that we've mentioned this year, sure. but they don't have to be things we've mentioned this year. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to go, you're going to go first on this. Sure. One? I'll go okay. first. When go I th- first. When I, I'll, I'll say when I did the list, I was thinking about like over the last, you know, 52 weeks, what, what was the thing that stood out to me in terms of a podcast that, you know, hit me the most. And I have to say uh, the retrievals from serial productions was probably the one that hit me in the gut the most. Hmm. Um, if you're not familiar with this, this is a story of uh, some, um, some women who went into a, the Yale clinic, the Yale clinic for in vitro fertilization. And they experienced, excruciating pain during a procedure and it turns out uh this is not like spoiler 
Um, mm-hmm. It turns out that one of the nurses who was administering the procedure was taking some of the drugs. And so over the course of five or six episodes, they really investigate it. And there's some hard conversations to have there, not only because of the pain, but also what it means to be believed by people about pain. Um, then it also about like how, like what is a fair uh, and appropriate justice system for somebody who has, you know, some sort of an addiction um, and what's the, you know, it is, there's a lot to talk about and a lot to consider. And it's a, uh, it's a heart wrenching, you know, series, but it's the thing that I think moved me the most over the course of the last year in terms of podcasts. And there mm-hmm. are other contenders, but this was the one that stuck out to me. Other contenders. But right, like, the one. like the Clarence Thomas stuff was just, uh, that's just bananas, but yeah. it, that's, that's a N-A-N-A-S. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Bananas. All right. What about, what about you, my friend? Uh, so the podcast I'm going to choose uh, is called Blank Check with Griffin and David. Um, this is a uh, this is a movie podcast um, where they do uh, filmographies of directors where uh, they get have a have an initial success and they get a blank check. And sometimes those checks clear and sometimes they bounce, baby. And uh, basically they they choose um, directors and then they go through their entire filmography, starting with their first film up to their most recent film. And they just talk about them. And uh, it's it's a funny show. Um, Griffin Newman the, uh, is a uh, an actor. He was on The Tick uh, but he's been in lots of other things. He's a comedic actor. And then uh, David, oh my gosh, his name went on my head. I will look it up. Um, David's a, a film critic for the for the New Yorker and other places. Is it David um, being Cooley? Is it being no, it is not. It's David. Oh. Is it David Post? That doesn't sound right either. Oh my gosh, brain. Okay, um, I will figure that out. But um, after afternoon brains, that's what we got going. Afternoon on here. brains. Um, so they, and the episodes, they often have guests that are chosen to discuss particular episodes and they, um, they're, they're long, uh, episodes. So they, David Sims, um, and then Ben Hosley's the producer and he's sort of a, uh, a contributing member of the, uh, the podcast as well. But you know, they, their episodes routinely go two and a half, three hours. Um, long, so they go longer than the run of the television or the movie that they're reviewing. But they're you know they're really good, and um, you know they they did uh, Stanley Kubrick one, um, which was fantastic, and I really enjoyed. And but they've done a ton of different ones um, over over time, and uh, yeah, I just hi- I highly recommend um, the them as a podcast i just think they're 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 funny they are insight insightful about movies and they get really good guests who are also insightful about movies and you know that's awesome yeah and it's you know you don't have to pay close attention because they're just sort of riffing on stuff so um and if you haven't seen the movies it doesn't matter so there you go yeah sounds awesome yeah all right so uh the next one is book you want to do book i'll do book so I I did mention this on the podcast, but I really did like this book. So I'm gonna I'm gonna re-recommend it, which is The Mountain in the Sea. Um so that is it's a book about it's a science fiction 
um, book by Ray Naylor, N-A-Y-L-E-R. Um, and it's about intelligence in its many forms and how it manifests. And it's this sort of dystopian near future sort of thing. Um, but the intelligences specifically that they deal with in the book or that he deals with in the book are artificial intelligence. Cause there is an, uh, there is a, an, a sentient slash artificially intelligent robot, um, that is built. And then as soon as it's built is sort of banished and, and, and humans want no more of them produced. And, um, and then the other intelligence is octopus octopus intelligence. And so they find, uh, they interact with these octopuses, uh, that are, um, that are creating culture that have language and culture. And so, uh, it's a fascinating sort of uh, on a scientific level investigation of what it means to be conscious or sentient or intelligent or whatever you want to call it. And, um, and also how that manifests in different ways and what that means for us. And, um, yeah, it's really, it's really well done. It's like hard sci-fi sort of thing, which for those of you who don't know what that means, it means that they try to keep the science pretty, uh, accurate to the degree that they can, um, so he did a lot of research about octopus intelligence and about AI systems and, and, uh, it's, it's fascinating. It's a really interesting book. Oh, so it. strongly recommend. So I, I started a new book, uh, series mm-hmm. just recently. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I've been trying to like, you know, I get stuck in my, you know, Jack Reacher, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm, it's my goal for the years to try to get through as many of the Jack Reacher books, but there's always so much of that I can take without going, okay, I've got to zig and go a different direction. So I started, um, a book, a series called a uh, scythe. It's called the arc of the scythe oh. arc of a scythe. So this is a Neil Shusterman. Yeah. I know this series. Have you read it? I have. I've read the uh, first one. I don't think I've read any after that. But so I'm working yeah. through the first one right now, and I think mm. it, you know, depending on how it plays out, I'm probably going to read the others too because that's that's how I roll. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like it's it's a, rather than a dystopian future, it's like a utopian future, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. like at least at least in part, right? Because it's like um, it's based in you know kind of like nowish in that what has happened is an AI has kind of like taken all of the world's knowledge and figured out how to solve all of the world's problems, including like death, including disease and poverty mm-hmm. and weather. And so people can just live forever and people can just, you know, exist. But the challenge is, is that the world is becoming overpopulated. And so a group of people are identified as being size, sites. Um, sides. Yep. And so what they do is they go and kill people. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, they do it's it almost right in the title yeah. right what they what they they go out and they they do it sort of randomly or so they say so, yeah right uh-huh <laughs> it's like a cabal of people going and just like a yep. killing you know squad right they just go mm-hmm. out there and identify people and i guess some uh, different factions of this group um have different ethical values right and so mm-hmm. it is yeah, and it's a young adult series. So um, they're following two teenagers who are brought in as apprentices, and so they're, they're apprenticing, beginning killers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and yeah, it is really entertaining. It's kind of like the hung. It's like the 
non-Hunger Games. The reverse they, Hunger Games. Right, right, exactly. Because the yeah. Hunger Games is like, okay, we're going to take one person just so you remember how bad it was, right? Yeah. So this is like, okay, everybody's doing great. And we we selected these people are just going to go out and kill people randomly. Yeah. And you know, it's it is it's very YA that you know that young adult stuff. So it has mm-hmm. that kind of feel, which is which is all right with me. I don't I don't mind it. Um, I don't mind. But, um, but I know some people are like, oh, I don't, I'm not down with the YA stuff, and that's okay. Um, but it's great. It's really entertaining, and um, I'm totally enjoying it. And uh, because nice. yeah, utopian future with yeah, a dark well, side. Yeah, with a dark, <laughs> with a pretty pretty serious dark side, man. A little I mean, asterisk. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you, especially if you're one of the one of the ones who happens to get picked, right? I'm right. It's like, like oh, I, I I pick you. <laughs> everything was going great and then somebody came along and killed me well what they try to do is they try to statistically do it as it was before like this what they call the thunderhead the, this like this change when ai solved all the problems so if it's like okay you know one out of every you know million planes went down we're gonna select mm. a plane to just you know kill everybody on the plane <laughs> Yeah. You know, yeah. there it is. is. Sort that right out. Right. The uh, before times. Yeah. That's uh, funny. It is not funny. It's dark. It is dark. <laughs> yeah, but in a good way. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's funny. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, well, I guess you get you go again. So you're doing album, right. uh, album, or okay, music, so... or artist, or whatever. Yeah. So this, this, this. Uh, and I, you may you saw didn't you see taylor swift in, in concert uh members of my family did but okay. i did not who opened for them do you know um girl in red and somebody else because i know a lot of people have gone on to this this band because they've seen the group on uh on tour the swifties boy, boy genius oh yeah boy oh geez I know. That's a, Forget that's a about ho- it. No, they did not it's, open for Taylor. In well, they're Pittsburgh. they're touring. They're touring yeah. right now, and so the the newest album. So this is a, a super group per se. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a super group. No, it is a super like, group. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, it's a super group. It is, you know, um, Lauren Dacus, uh, Phoebe Bridgers, and uh, who's the third member of that? Uh, Lucy. Dukas. Lucy Dacus. Uh, Jul- Dacus. Yeah, Julian Baker. Lucy Dacus. Yeah. Yeah, so the three of them, and that their new album, the record, the the song "Cool About It" lives rent free in my brain. That's so in my brain. It is so good. It is so good. And this the album, it's like because they're they're very different artists, and their voices sound so beautiful together, mm. like all these harmonies and things. But they they write different songs for each other, and so you have this song there's like you could see this in a stadium like you can imagine it's just filling a stadium with music and then you have yeah. the others one like real quiet like you know just mournful songs ah oh, so good mm. it's so good yeah it is like on serious you know replete play in our house repeat play that's cool yeah boy genius boy genius the record so good yeah they're uh yeah, they're solid. I I feel like one or I, I maybe I did I recommend them? I don't think so. I don't remember uh-huh. that. Okay. Maybe we'll have to go back through, but we'll, we'll yeah. go back and find out. I'm a huge Phoebe Bridgers fan. Julian uh Julian Baker, you know, I I, I know their work to a degree. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Lucy Dacus, mm-hmm. same thing. Um, but like 
but together, whew, I, it reminds me a little bit about like, um, there's a, uh, I don't know, about like, like 15 years ago, Emmy Lou Harris, Linda Ronstadt, and Dolly, Dolly Parton got together and did a couple of albums and it was mm-hmm. awesome. It was awesome. This is kind of like in that same, cause they're like yeah. all independently awesome. And then you put mm-hmm. them together and they're still awesome. It's even like more su- so. It's like they're a super group. They are a super group. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. It's kind of hard to beat that one. It is hard to beat that one. Um, I'm going to, the only reason, well, this one doesn't beat that one, but the only reason I'm choosing this one is um, because I saw this, person in concert so this is john craigie um i saw him in concert here in state college and i saw him with my daughter on her birthday and so that made it sort of special and then i didn't really know who he was before i went to his show and i just was blown away by how awesome he was so he's he was fabulous he's a fabulous musician but he's also got a lot of really good in between songs sort of chatter um, and that's reflected in the music that's available of his, like he's got a thing that he, um, he redoes Beatles albums and he plays them all acoustic and, um, you know, solo, but he, he redoes the whole thing, but then he has little, um, interstitials where he talks about the songs and tells stories about the Beatles that are relevant. And, um, so he's, he's just a, you know, a uh, fascinating guy, really, really good musician. And, uh, you know, it's sort of, what would I say? Bluesy bluegrass sort of folky stuff. Um, you know, John Prine, um, Mm. sort of stuff. Um, his work, his stuff that he writes and, and sings. And then obviously he does the Beatles and, and does covers of other bands, but, um, yeah, I mean, um, I think I forget what his slogan on his website is. I should probably look this up too, but it's something like if, um, who is the person that had a baby with John Prine? Uh, this is what you would get was John Craigie. So um, it's, it's, uh, it's really, really um, good, like chill music. That's, um, you know, lyrically really interesting and, and beautifully played. He's a guitar player, basically. That's cool. Um, yeah. Very cool. All right. And we're so, going to put links to all of this in all of it. In this, uh, if we remember to do it, yeah, <laughs> which we may or may not. Uh, eh. But yeah. you know, I did update the the joys website recently, so if you want to know about any of the joys that we have named in any of the hundred and fifty six episodes, you can That's go to there. There's a special website that just has that. Oh, well, that's um, nice. It's just just joy. It's joy all the way down. Um, but. Next category of joy is game, game, um, phone or otherwise uh, we have in our notes. Um, so I am going to name one that I don't think I've named here, but it's called Elevate. It's uh, it's a like for being perfectly honest, it's like one of those like old people who need to keep their brains working properly type games. Um, I don't know anybody I, like that. No, I don't either. But that's what I've been told by my older friends. Uh, is that that's what it could be useful for. Um, but it's not really a game. It's like a platform and um, it has games in reading, writing, math, uh, memory, and what's the fifth category? 
Reading, writing, mat, memory, and something else. I don't know. This is <laughs> it's clearly very, the memory is not helping it's, it's, me. It's helping <laughs> as much as I'm, I'm doing all that work on the memory game. Ooh. I can't remember <laughs> the five basic categories: afternoon but, brain, right there. Writing, afternoon. speaking, reading, math, and memory. Writing. I was I wasn't breaking writing and speaking into two things. So um, what it does is every day it gives you a like quote unquote personalized workout of five games that it picks for you and you play those you can play as many as you want so that gives you those five as a daily workout and then if there's more you want to do you can go in and it keeps track of your scores and lets you know about like how you compare to other people and all that nonsense but it it that for me it's just it's good my i mean i i don't know if you feel this way ollie but like when i was in college in particular when i was studying physics like my mental math was really solid like yeah. i could do math in my head really quite well and that has completely disappeared from my skill set so that's one of the things i really enjoy is it's helping me start to be like oh yeah i can divide those numbers i don't need to get my phone calculator out to figure out that math i can do it in my head um so it's uh but it's fun it's definitely one of those like um games that sort of borders on games that are work but um but it's fun enough that you don't really notice that stuff so yeah yeah i i I do see that my like mental math is kind of a little sluggish you know Mm. and sometimes i like go "Mm, am i like and i also more doubtful than i used to be like i'd be like it's this it's 117 and it's like uh is it 117 Mm -hmm. Uh, so I, i feel it i feel it um, all right. So for me, you know, I, 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 I'm sure since the pandemic, since Wordle and all this has come out, people have, you know, jumped on a lot of different games. I've been, you know, trying different games out and a lot of them, like the New York times does a really good job of like, you know, publishing games vetting, and, yeah. yeah, and vetting games and putting things in its like ecosystem of games. And I don't know when this game came out. I just came onto it about a few weeks ago. So it's relatively new to me. It's called connections. And it's embedded. In, you have to have the app and you have to kind of go into the app um, to find it. But what it does is every day it gives you 16 words. It's a four by four square. Okay. All right. And yeah. your goal is to find for how the four, the 16 words connect to each other. Okay. So not necessarily all of them connect. They connect in groups of four. And so one day it was like, you know, prefixes for wrappers. One day it was colors of black. One was, you know, um, verbs for running away, you know, and it's like, you have to like, <laughs> okay. so like you have to like make the, and sometimes it's like, you know, words that come before book or word, mm. you know, you know, so it's like, you have to find the pattern and you only get a couple guesses. Like today, I wasn't successful because I like it was hard. Yeah. You know, I missed the rapper one because I was like, "What do these things have together?" I just totally missed it. You know, um, are they all like little something? Like, and no, it wasn't all little. It was like <laughs> Lil Wayne, Lil little Fresh. Was, little. Yeah, one of them was that, but uh-huh. the other ones were not. And okay. so, but it's like you know, one of those things where like you know, you spend a little bit of time, you know, getting your brain. You know, this is me in the morning. Usually, I yeah. sit with a cup of coffee. Do the wordle, do the quartal, do the octordal, do the connections, and then you know, you just just wake up the brain, try to get it going. Wake it Today, up. Not so successful. Yeah, well, not everybody can be a total victory, right? Nope. I mean, Today was not it. Do? All right. So next one is Bone App, and I was trying to steer clear of a, of a game since that was kind of a game, yeah, but yeah, 
Um, I'm going to do a productivity one, Goodreads. Mm-hmm. I've had Goodreads for a bunch mm-hmm. of years, but I haven't really used it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mainly I used it to look to see what other people were reading, you know, and I was like, oh, especially when I was like going to, you know, a uh, buy a Christmas present for someone or a birthday present. Because oh, yeah. like, I have some friends that like are really good about keeping their Goodreads updated. So I'm like, like, oh, I'm going to buy, you know, Kim a book. I'm going to like buy her a birthday present. I'm going to buy, look at what, book she's read oh i'm gonna mm. you know buy my wife uh you know book for christmas or for book for a birthday or something i'll look to see is this something she's read um i myself didn't really keep a good track of my but then what what i did was i had them in notes pages and at the start of the year like if you know new year's day i said okay i'm gonna take all of the books i've read and just try to put them in and so i spent like two or three days just updating from all the notes pages i had put them all in. So I kept track. And then I've been keeping track this year with dates of when I've been by, uh, reading books. And it, it does a really good job of like, you know, not only keeping track and, you know, giving rewards, you know, kind of like, Hey, you're making your progress on your mm. uh, yearly challenge, but it's also good for like recommending books or saying, Hey, other people are reading this and you read this. Maybe you want to read this. So that is a really useful thing for me, you know, mm. because I do read a lot. I've been finding that I'm trying to, set down their phone, set down the things and, and read a little bit more. And so um, I'm up to like, I think 40 some books this year. So, you know, nice. not, all, not all of them are like professional books. Some of them no. are, but most, a lot of them were, you know, just for, you know, joy, just for joy. Just you know? for joy. So it's yeah. an appropriate pick in the all joys yes. episode. It's a joy. It's a meta joy. It is. So joy. Joyous. Yeah. Joyous. Yes. <laughs> Yes, my right. friend. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, okay. Uh, mine is is a phone app, um, but it's also a Mac app, and it's a everything app. And I've mentioned it here, but I'm going to mention it again because I like it. Um, and it brings me joy, which is Obsidian. Uh, so yeah. I continue to play with this. Um, it's it. Um, I mean, it's it's one of those apps that sort of doesn't have a bottom in terms of how deep you can go into its complexity and plugins and scripting and all this stuff. And there's whole, you know, communities of people who spend their time sorting all this out, but I'm not in that crazy level of commitment to it yet. But I can say that um, I find myself, if I've got a few minutes and I'm fiddling, you know, got nothing to do, I open up obsidian and I just sort of roll through my notes and I start reading through and making edits and making connections to other, Oh, that reminds me of something else. Do I have a note about that? No, I got to add that note into my thing. And then I connect it and um, I've gotten not quite proficient, but starting to get proficient at really using that, like as I'm typing, getting those interconnections between notes and getting those labels right and things. So I'm still working on that, but, but I like it. And I love to look at the little visualization. I don't know that it really does me any good, but it starts to help me think about how things fall together. And I think as I add more and more things to it, it's that, that visualization is going to become more and more powerful, but I just like, you know, I, I like a place where I can just dump stuff about my more conceptual side of my brain about the, how I think about the big picture sort of concepts in teacher education and research and learning and all that. Um, that isn't just mixed in with all my other notes about like, Oh, I had this meeting on this day, or I have to remember to do this thing for class or whatever, you know, other notes, this is just conceptual stuff. It's just like, Oh, I read this really interesting book and I want to put a reminder about something that came out of it that I think connects to other things. 
and it just goes in there and, uh, you know, integrates with Zotero. I still haven't mastered that yet either, but I think once I get that going and I can connect it to my actual, um, citations and resources, it'll be a real powerful tool for me. So I really like that, it. That was one of my new year's resolutions too, was trying to do better with Zotero. And mm. so I, there's some, still some glitchy things. Like someone shared a library with me and I can't figure out how to unshare it. Right. Mm. It's like, Oh, they like a student was like, Hey, could you check out? And they still like, here, here's, a, here's my library. I'm like, now I don't want it. It's like, <laughs> I don't want their library. Make now. it go away. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, for the most part, it is a pretty, I used to use this app called papers, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a really good papers. Is, yeah. Papers was solid, but Zotero does a pretty good job too. You know? Yeah. I think papers was probably better, but Zotero's pretty good and it's, yeah. it's, uh, they continue to develop it, which is good. Yeah. yeah. That was an aside, completely yeah. aside. Was it? Hmm. Totally. It was just an aside. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, all back right. So on target. So now movie. you have movie. Yeah. And I get to go first. So I'm going to make you go to your back pocket. Cause I think, <laughs> I think we both have the first one the same, but maybe, maybe. So since we did a whole episode on it already, I, I, I feel like I got to re say like, go see Oppenheimer. If you haven't seen it, yeah. like, what are you doing? Listen to this dumb podcast, go watch go Oppenheimer. Do it. It'll change your life. Well, I don't know about that, but you will enjoy it. Um, and yeah, I mean, we have a whole episode about it. I don't need to wax rhapsodic about it anymore, but I will say totally enjoyed it. Haven't gotten back to see it yet, but I'm gonna. And I, as soon as it's available on on uh, Apple iTunes, I'm going to buy it so that I can watch it whenever I want. Yeah, um, but it's, it's, awesome. uh, it's just a fabulous movie and it has all the complexity that you want. And, uh, you know, I mean... Nolan's work with women characters still not fantastic, but um, if you're if you're willing to look past that as uh, as a a flaw that is not a fatal flaw, it really is a a fabulous movie about um, the complexities of doing scientific work and how hard it is, but also how uh, how impactful it can be both for the good and the bad and and how scientists grapple with that and how they decide to do the work they do even when they know that there's a possibility that that work could be used in a way that they hope it won't so yeah, yeah. Well, yeah it's uh it is going to like just clean house with Os- uh, academy awards it's gonna Seems like it has to yeah yeah I mean it, it, Robert Downey Jr. chalk him in for one for a you know supporting actor. Supporter, yeah, uh, Killian Murphy, he's going to get one. There's yeah. no, no, no doubt. It's yeah. it's just it's it is going to be one of those movies that for decades are going to be talking about. Yeah. The other movie that came out that day uh-huh. was Barbie, <laughs> and that's what I I, I figured. Well, I have to say, like you know. The the movie has some flaws. I'll I'll say yeah. that, but it was awesome. And here's the yeah. reason why it was awesome. Um, I, I went to the theaters, and it was almost like it was pre pandemic. It was mm-hmm. such an event, mm-hmm. and it was an event. Um, you know, people were dressing up to go see it. People were like so excited. They took family families went to go see, mm-hmm. and that sort of event viewing has been a long time coming, and. Mm-hmm. 
I've missed it. I'm like a movie guy. You know, I'm a movie guy. I love mm-hmm. to go see the movies. And I see sometimes, you know, I see them in theaters all the time. And I see movies more than once in the theaters. I'm, I'm like that guy. I mean, I think most of it comes up from the fact that like when I was a kid, we're just not, we're not able to go. Like I just wasn't like, we didn't have those kinds of means. And so when mm-hmm. I started having a job, I was like, I'm going to go to the movies. And so that was like pretty much a regular thing for me when I was like 15, 16 years old and started to get, you know, paper routes and and then ever since, it's like, I'm a movie person. And so Barbie was, you know, it was event viewing. And that to me was was great. Is it the best movie in the world? No. But I think the one thing that I have challenge, a challenge with is what, what the industry is learning from this, right? The industry is saying, oh, well, let's make more movies about toys. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> no, that's not the takeaway here. It's not like, we don't want to see the Rubik's Cube movie. We don't want to see the the Game of Life movie. We want to see these I like really movies about women written by women, starring strong women, you know, where you know really important things are being said in in really funny, playful, creative ways. Yeah. You know, and that is the story of Barbie. Mm-hmm. And it's not a movie about a doll. Or like some, it's not about like, hey, let's make everything in pink. Now, if you, that's the message that people are receiving, then they're not paying attention because yeah. it's it's a much deeper movie than that. And, and sure, it's wrapped up in pink, and sure, it's got you know song and dance numbers and stuff, but it is a deeper, more complicated movie than that. So, yeah, yeah. it's it's awesome. No, and it's you know, I mean, as a father of two girls, uh, you know, it was it was great to go to the movie with my wife and my daughter and, and, you know, enjoy that experience as a, you know, sort of vicariously through them that, yeah. I mean, I think these we're we don't see enough of this though. We're seeing more and more of it. You know, I just heard a review of blue beetle talking about how it's really a Latin a focused movie from beginning to end, like the, the director, the writer, all the actors, the main actors are all, latin a folks and the how that changes yeah the movie in a fundamental way that that is good right that that allows for it to have to exist in a different space and i think barbie definitely did that right it was like it created a a space that was very much a woman space uh but that doesn't mean that it's not a great movie viewing experience for people who aren't yeah i'm uh, another aside uh, have you seen Ahsoka, like the newest? No, I, I've yeah. I, well, yeah, I have not. Okay. Well, it is it is very like all of the central characters are are, are female, which is awesome. Like, and that's a that's a rarity in the Star Wars world. Yeah. Um, and so like you know, there's at least what four strong female leads in this, and like mm. the story is built around these four women, which is awesome, you yeah. know, and villains and heroes alike. And it's like, yeah. yes, yeah. you know, they're mm-hmm. not, they're not the sidekicks, you know, right. yeah. that's awesome. You know? It is. All right. All right. So, um, is that your television show or is, no, no, you snuck where, another one in. I am sneaking another one in. I saw uh, that. I saw all right. That. So this is, this is a, a complete guilty pleasure and guilty no. pleasures are okay. They um, are. They are, you know, you know, I'm a chop fan, you know, but this is completely outside of that realm. This is like, you know, it's called ugliest homes in America. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever seen this? It's on HGTV. I have not. (laughs) All right. So it is heart competition, 
part renovation. So, uh, Retta, who's the comedian from Parks and Rec, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. So she, it's it's in its fourth season. So the fact that it's eluded you for four seasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, the season there, finale, the there se- is a lot of good television out there so i can i can imagine there are lots of reasons why it's eluded me but carry on well this is it's almost become like scheduled viewing for me and my wife mm, it's like drop wow. drops yes it, it is so season four you've seen all four seasons <laughs> <I have. laughs> wow so the finale is next week okay so for season four so i can, I can hardly imagine what the finale looks like of so what the they show. do is they go around and uh look at the different you know different parts of the united states so they have a a, a northeast winner so they look at like three or four homes from the northeast and they look at three or four homes from the southwest and they look from you know the midwest and so they have like you know six homes that they have identified as being in the finals as being a contender for the ugliest, for the ugliest home. home. And so one of those homes is going to get a renovation, a $150,000 renovation. Okay. And so it is wild to see the houses that people live in. And, and the, the fact that like some of the, the, these people are buying their houses sight unseen and they're like, I needed to move. I bought this house or I thought it'd be kind of cool to live in this house. And, you know, then they live in it and they realize how, you know, uncool dis- it was dysfunctional <laughs> it is or how scary it is, or it is a hoot to watch these folks like, you know, be in their homes, you know, give a tour to Retta, who is like funny. Mm-hmm. She's always like making jokes about the things that, so it's part comedy, part, you know, sorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause these people are living in their houses in like, they're miserable in, in yurts <laughs> and like, and like, these structures that should be condemned. The the one the one episode recently. This is the the the, the this week's episode that we just watched. There was the, this woman bought this house in the middle of the woods, and there was literally like a built-in swimming pool that somebody had crafted out of like PVC, and it wasn't a pool for like people. Like Reddit was like, no, there was an animal living in this. So this oh. like they had built a pool and put like like fencing around it so that whatever was housed in that could stay in the house but also live in access the pool yes (laughs) it's like and this woman bought this house and they're gonna there may be uh, it's a strong contender for a winner (laughs) it's a strong contender (laughs) i imagine they're all strong contenders oh i wouldn't want to live in any of these houses right yes okay ugliest Ugliest house in america uh, ugliest homes in america homes yes It's on the HGTV network, also streamable on Max. <laughs> all four seasons are only some. I think all four seasons wow. are available on Max. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's good to know. Multi- <laughs> it's a multi-platform. <laughs> right. Because it, it has all the things I love in it. Like you get to you know look into other people's houses because like house hunters and all yeah, that. We yeah. love we love that, but then it has that competition. So, like, my yeah. wife and I'm like, oh, they're definitely going to pick one. Oh, they're definitely, and it's like we're trying to figure out like how they pick because some of these houses are like, hundred fifty thousand dollars is not going to do it. Not it's even just put not. a dent in the place. So, no. Well, I was thinking one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Boy, that's. Like, I mean, if they throw in all the labor, a, sometimes they throw in yeah. all the labor for free, right? Because they um, have the people. But oh my that, gosh, that that would for some folks that's a kitchen, right? That's like oh I'm yeah, gonna, right. Renovate right. a kitchen, get some nice appliances, $150,000, right? Yeah. And these, like, this house with this, like, pool. <laughs> Needs uh, more than a kitchen. 
I don't even know. (laughs) (laughs) The woman is so scared of the house that she comes home and she goes right to her room and then closes the door. Like the house is so it's unlivable and it's also a little on the, on the spooky side. Wow. (laughs) I know. Feels like they could do a crossover with that like ghost show where they come in sure. and yeah, check it for ghosts. All right. TV show for you. Uh, well, not nearly as uh, interesting or uh, idiosyncratic as, sure. as yours, um, but I have to pick the bear. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I figured you would have been on this train too, but, but the bear, uh, the second season I was like, how are they going to do better than the first season? And somehow they managed to do better than the first season. And it was so good. And of course the famous episode six with the feast of the seven fishes. Oh which is my just, goodness. It'll gotcha. May, maybe the best hour of television I think has ever been made. I don't know. That's an exaggeration, but it's really spectacular. And, um, and then the, the way the rest of the show in many respects is such a contrast to that. Um, But these individually focused character driven episodes where you're just sort of let letting doing a deep dive into the main characters to really understand who they are and what their relationship is to food and restaurants. And um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's just an amazingly well-written show and well-acted and I'm sure is going to mop up in Emmys and Golden Globes and all that. Um, You know, uh, Ted Lasso, of course, was a contender because I'm a lasso head or whatever they're called. I don't even know what their fan base is called. But, um, you know, I love that show. But but the bear was such a surprise to me, especially the second season. I mean, the first season was a surprise because I'd never heard anything about it. And somebody was like, oh, you should go watch it. So I did. And then I was like, wow, that was fabulous. And then when they were doing a second season, I said, well, you know, never will they get that spark of amazement again and somehow they did so um so the second season in many respects for me was more impressive than the first so yeah well i think the thing that was impressive to me about that was you have these folks some some of which have been in other shows to some degree yeah they're they're thrown together uh and they just all shine in their own right yeah and it's just such an ensemble cast and it's like every single one of them is 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 like stepping up their game and just awesome together. And it's yeah. like, and you, you talk about the, the feast of some fishes episodes. So many people I know when like get together, they go, yeah, that, that was, that was Christmas in my house. And it's yeah. just like, wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I mean, obviously that was a, a highly, I don't want to say exaggerated because I think there are families that are actually no doubt. at that level, but I think there also are milder versions of that that um are many people's um you know holiday experiences christmas or otherwise right you know it's a we think of it as a joyous time and in many respects it is but it can also be a very stressful time um and and it throws people together who are not together normally and sometimes that can lead to real friction so yeah the bear yeah that's a good one i mean there's we could there's so many yeah there's so many great shows so many great albums so many great games that we plan it's yeah. really it's it's finding the delights finding the joys that you, you experience and just recognizing them. and that's one of the things that we try to do when we started this podcast was like okay we did it in the midst of like some really dark days and i'm glad yeah. this is something that we continue to do because you know it's still helpful for me to like 
center myself around the joy in my day or the joys that I'm experiencing. And so while we're not like, it's not the existential crisis of a global pandemic, it is still like, you know, little, little, little crises, little crises. Yeah. Uh, It's still important to find joys and delights. No doubt. Yeah, for sure it is. Well, if you're a sibling, I'm going to, he's going to make it stick. We're, we're happy you're here and we'll catch you next time. In between. See you then. Bye now.